there are some things within the church that we're not allowed to be. Uh, we're not allowed to be proud. Uh, we're not allowed to be arrogant. Uh, we're not allowed to swear. Uh, getting drunk at the weekends is frowned upon. Smoking uh, means lots of people turn their nose up uh, at it and at you. Uh, in the church as well, we're not allowed to be ambitious. Uh, we're not allowed to be ambitious in the church. Uh, ambition is a dirty word. Uh, ambition means that people get stepped on. Uh, people get trodden on. It means that the wrong thing becomes the focus. It's about us trying to get ourselves to the top of the pile and become successful. Uh, ambition is a dirty word within the church. Uh, we react against ambition because the kind of person who's ambitious uh, is often a little bit too slick. Uh, uh, they're often a, a bit too arrogant, a bit too confident, a bit too uh, self-sure of themselves, and so we react against it. Uh, ambition means uh, that I seek uh, my best and my gain at your expense, or at least that's how we often interpret it. Uh, and that often means that people pray, pay the price uh, and pay the cost uh, of other people's ambition. Ambition means that people get stepped on. Uh, maybe uh, you've paid the cost for someone else's ambition. Uh, maybe at work, uh, you feel like you're constantly getting looked over. Uh, you're constantly getting passed over for that promotion or, or, or that recognition within the workplace because someone else has an ambition and an agenda that uh, isn't about your welfare and your well-being. Uh, maybe you uh, lived in a family where uh, the dominant culture was about being uh, really ambitious to um, do well and to succeed, and that meant that uh, your family wasn't as well cared for and looked after as maybe it could have been. Uh, within the church, uh, we often have a, a problem with ambition. Uh, we view ambition as a dirty word. Uh, but here's the thing. As Christians, by our very nature, we are ambitious. As Christians, by our very nature, we are ambitious. Uh, if you put ambition into Google, uh, Google would define it like this. It says that ambition is a strong desire to achieve something. Ambition is a strong desire to achieve something. Uh, you want to achieve something. Uh, we all have desires. We all have things that we uh, long to succeed at. We long to see change and we long to see shift. Uh, as Christians, we have uh, these strong desires, things that move us and motivate us. Uh, we want to make a contribution to this world. Uh, we want to see cultures change. Uh, we want to see situations be transformed. We, uh, we long for things that are to be different. Uh, as Christians, we are deeply ambitious people. Uh, we harbour big ambitions, big dreams. Uh, maybe a, an ambition or a dream that motivates you is that uh, you long to see everyone in the world treated with the value and the love and the kindness uh, that they deserve. Uh, maybe the ambition and dream that motivates you is that uh, you long to see everyone uh, who's trafficked set free and the end of modern day slavery. Uh, maybe the, the ambition, the dream that motivates you is that there'll be no more children left in the care system uh, because they found loving families and homes. Uh, we have uh, deep ambitions. We have big dreams. Uh, maybe your dreams seem slightly smaller. Uh, maybe uh, the thing that you're ambitious for is that uh, your children make uh, good friends at school. Uh, they learn how to make uh, healthy relationships with other people. Uh, maybe uh, you, you dream and your ambition is that one day you'll get to go and visit that country and be able to stand in that particular spot. Uh, we all have dreams, we all have strong desires to uh, achieve something, to attain something. 
Uh, Having uh, ambition is part of what it is to be human. Uh, Having ambition is part of what it is to be human. Uh, Ambitions mean that we have hope. Uh, We hope that things will be different. Uh, We hope that things will be changed and transformed, that uh, the way things are won't be the way that they always are. Uh, Ambition uh, isn't ugly at all. Uh, Ambition just means that we have a pulse and a desire to live. But we're not called to have ambition like the world does. Uh, We're not called to have ambition like the world does because the reason we often uh, react against ambition is that it can be incredibly selfish. Uh, It's about uh, my success. Uh, It's about uh, my status, my credibility. It's about uh, achieving uh, my end goals at the expense of other people's. It's about uh, me going as uh, far as I possibly can. Uh, Ambition can often be unhealthy competition. It's about me getting what I want at your expense. But we're not called to be ambitious like that. Uh, That's not the kind of ambition uh, that God is calling us to. Uh, Ambition is just a strong desire to achieve something. Uh, It's the motivation behind our ambition that's significant. Uh, It's uh, the thing behind, uh, the thing that you long for, that matters. Uh, Paul writes this uh, in our passage tonight. He says... Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. Uh, We're called to set our minds on things above, uh, to not be consumed by earthly things. Uh, The world is consumed by status. Uh, The world is consumed by a a desire for recognition, for wealth, for money, uh, for the the trappings of what we believe a successful life to be. The world is consumed by them, uh, and so it makes that the goal of its life. Uh, Paul reminds us tonight uh, that you're called to make uh, God, uh, the right hand of the Father, Jesus your goal, Jesus your ambition. Uh, We're not called to to dream and have ambition like the world does, uh, but to set our hearts on Christ. Uh, Our ambition uh, is called to be Jesus, Uh, to know God's love uh, and to love God in return. Uh, And as we love God, to allow him to shape the things that we care for, uh, to allow him to shape the things that we uh, long to see shift. Uh, As we fall in love with Jesus, we start to love the things that he loves and we start to hate the things that he hates. Uh, We want to uh, see a shift in things that uh, don't collude with God's plans and God's purposes for the world. Uh, The ambition that we're called to have uh, is about becoming more like Jesus. Uh, Becoming more like Jesus to reflect him and his love. Uh, As you become more like Jesus, as you pursue him, you start to love the things that he loves. Uh, You get bothered by the things that bother him. Uh, You're motivated and you become ambitious for the things that uh, God is motivated uh, about and ambitious for. Uh, Ambition isn't ugly. Ambition is about the church starting to take her place in the world. Ambition isn't ugly. It's about the church starting to take her place in the world. Uh, It's about uh, the church caring for the things that her father cares about. Uh, It's about the church rising up and saying that the way things are isn't the way that they always have to be. The way things are isn't the way they always have to be. Ambition says uh, that things can change. Uh, Ambition has a a hope and a life. Uh, The church needs people with ambition because of that. Uh, People unafraid to dream. Uh, People uh, who, when they see problems, start to see solutions. Uh, People who refuse to be dictated to uh, by uh, lines like, oh, it's always been like that. 
Uh, you'll never see uh, any change here. Nothing will ever shift. This is just the way it's been destined to be. Uh, ambitious people uh, recognize those for the lies that they are. Uh, ambitious people see um, uh, oppressive cycles and believe that God can change things. Uh, as we uh, fall in love with fall in love more deeply with Jesus and we start to love the things that God loves and we start to hate the things that God hates, uh, we recognize that God is able to do all things uh, and that uh, whatever it is that uh, needs to change and be shifted can, by the presence and the power and the love of God, be shifted and changed. Uh, the church needs people with deep-rooted ambition. Uh, soul foods uh, began because uh, there was a deep-rooted ambition that people are uh, worth loving that they're valuable, uh, no matter what their uh, history is, uh, no matter what their life story has been, uh, that they're worth uh, loving and spending time with. Uh, we're on the cusp of uh, beginning a, a, a hugely significant prison ministry uh, because uh, Josh and a, a team of others uh, are ambitious to see something shift uh, in the prison network. Uh, I believe uh, that God is doing something uh, in HMP Edinburgh uh, and they're ambitious to see God do more. Uh, but uh, ambition uh, is just a strong desire to achieve something. Uh, and this is a strong desire to achieve something. We're also called to act on it. Uh, ambition can sometimes stay stagnant. Uh, it can be a, a, a nice idea, a, a strong desire. Uh, but until ambition starts to take root and change the way that we live, it will only ever remain a strong desire. Uh, if the ambition driving soul foods uh, had remained uh, a nice idea, if the ambition behind uh, our prisons work uh, remains a, a nice idea, it won't see uh, any uh, tangible transformation. Uh, it won't see any tangible fruits. Uh, our ambition is called uh, not just to remain as a strong idea, but start to shift the way that we live. Uh, it's called uh, it's caused to change the way that we engage with the world. Uh, it's called to change the way uh, that we spend our time. Uh, ambition needs to be more than just uh, a strong idea. Uh, there's a reason that Paul says uh, for us to set our hearts and minds on Christ. Uh, uh, Paul doesn't just say uh, our head, and he doesn't just say our heart, but instead he chooses uh, to talk about both of them. Uh, he chooses to talk about both of them because uh, to follow the plans and the purposes of God requires uh, everything that we are. Uh, how we think and how we feel have to be fully focused on Christ. They have to be fully focused on pursuing him. Uh, it might be that you find it easier uh, to engage with Jesus uh, through what you know, uh, through uh, things being thought out and rationalised and understood. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity for you to explore more uh, what it is to love uh, Jesus with the fullness of your emotions. Uh, maybe uh, you're more emotions-led, uh, and things are, are easier, relationship with Jesus easier uh, when it's felt. Uh, we need to engage our, our brains and our minds as well to be um, thought-through people. Uh, Paul is encouraging us uh, to fix everything that we are on Jesus, uh, to pursue him with everything that we have, uh, not just with our head and not just with our heart, but with uh, the whole of our being. Uh, we're called to fix it and focus it on Jesus. Tonight's passage calls us to fix our whole lives on Jesus, uh, to gaze on him, to know him, and to, to feel him. Uh, and tonight, as we do that, we fall more in love with Jesus. Uh, and as we fall more in love with Jesus, we start uh, to care more about the things that he cares about. Uh, and we start to, to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. Uh, and as we uh, do that, we become ambitious to see things change and shift. 
uh, the things that are on God's heart start to move us and motivate us. We start to dream alongside God and see things changed and transformed. Uh, it might be that the ambition God is inviting you into is a particular cause. Uh, maybe it's a, a particular situation. Uh, following um, God's ambition and uh, the things you think he's putting on your heart, it might be that you uh, move to a different place. It might be that you change job. You change the thing that your life's been based around. Uh, God might be inviting you uh, to submit yourself to praying for something. Uh, maybe as a result um, of God's ambition in you, uh, you might be uh, called to go and make a stack of money and give it away. Uh, God's ambition uh, in us can bear fruit in lots of different ways. Uh, lots of different ways. Uh, but our passage tonight doesn't just call us to fix our eyes on him. Uh, it also calls us to repent. Uh, it also calls us to repent. Uh, the root uh, word of repent, uh, the Greek root, uh, is metanoia. Uh, metanoia means uh, that I was once walking in this direction uh, and something uh, caused a shift in me so I changed direction. I was once going uh, one way uh, and I'm now choosing to walk in a different direction. Uh, uh, within uh, this context, uh, Paul's talking about repenting. We were, uh, our lives were once uh, following a, a certain trajectory. We were behaving and acting and living in a, a certain way. Uh, but we met with uh, the love of God. Uh, we realised that God loved us and cared for us. And he had a, a better way for us to live. He had a better uh, purpose for our lives. Uh, so because of that, uh, we decided uh, to change direction and to walk in a different way. Uh, to walk in a different way. Uh, Paul tonight is calling us to repent, uh, to change the direction of our lives, uh, to change the way that we're living. Uh, and we need to, to live out of this new way, uh, because if we don't, then ambition becomes self-seeking. Uh, it becomes about um, our recognition, our success and our status. Uh, from verse uh, 5 all the way through to 11, Paul uh, rips into the old way of living. He, he says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Paul isn't just telling us to stop doing the things that we used to do. Uh, he isn't just uh, telling us to stop, but he's telling us to put it to death. Uh, put to death your old way of living. Uh, ruthlessly eradicate uh, your old way, the things that you used to do, the things that used to motivate you. Uh, don't just uh, be tolerant of them. Don't be lenient of them. Uh, don't create uh, a story or a script that allows you to keep on doing the things that you used to do, but instead put it to death. Cut it off. Uh, Paul takes uh, a sweep, a whole load of different sins. Uh, he starts off by talking about sexual immorality. He says, if uh, you're living a sexually immoral life, then put it to death. Uh, maybe you're here tonight um, and you have a, a tendency to lust. Uh, Paul's calling you to put that to death. Uh, maybe you're um, thinking about or having sex with someone that you're not married to. 
Uh, Paul's not um, giving us the option tonight of creating a story that makes that acceptable, uh, that makes that permissible, but instead to put it to death, uh, to ruthlessly eradicate the old way of living, uh, the old things that we used to do. Uh, Paul says, uh, get rid of greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. If you have a heart that's full of greed, then uh, don't just tolerate it, don't just uh, try your best not to do it, but ruthlessly put it to death. He talks about um, foul language, about swearing. Uh, Of the the list that Paul gives, um, swearing is probably the the one that uh, I do the most. uh, Or, uh, yeah, the one that I do the most. And I I try, um, I don't think I've ever sworn from the platform, but um, I might might swear at um, home sometimes or in the office. And I I, I swear because uh, I think that probably it's going to get a good reaction. Um, that it might make someone laugh or it might amuse them. Uh, and so I, I create a, a story whereby swearing is, uh, isn't really that bad. Uh, that I, I just do it because I think um, it might make someone laugh or it's amusing or whatever. Uh, and I create uh, this whole story uh, that makes swearing acceptable. Uh, but the Bible says that uh, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, the things that are in your heart will be uh, found on your lips uh, or come out of your mouth. Uh, and so uh, my, uh, my language and my tendency to swear uh, isn't actually about uh, being amusing to people, but uh, about the purity of my heart. Uh, often we make um, stories and scripts that uh, legitimize uh, the sin that we like to do, uh, the, the way that we like to behave. Uh, Paul doesn't give us uh, an option or an opportunity for that. Uh, maybe uh, greed, anger, uh, lies, malice, sexual immorality, lust. Uh, Maybe uh, swearing is something that um, you've created a story around uh, that means it's acceptable for you to do it. Uh, Paul is calling us tonight uh, to ruthlessly eradicate it, to put it to death. Uh, It's worth noting that uh, Paul treats all of the um, sins in this list equally. There's no hierarchy of sin. Uh, It's not that um, one sin is any worse than the other, but they are all equally abhorrent to God's. They are all equally abhorrent to God and we're called to live differently. Uh, God has better plans for our lives uh, than living sinful lives. Uh, But Paul doesn't just um, stop by talking about the things that we shouldn't do. Uh, Repenting isn't just about um, stopping living in this way, but about choosing to live a different way. Uh, It isn't just about um, giving up old things, but about embracing a new way of living. Uh, Paul says, as you put old ways to death, uh, so you're released to new life. Uh, we're a resurrection people. Uh, we're a resurrection people, which means that uh, things don't just die, but they get raised again. Uh, and as they're raised again, they look different. Uh, they feel different. They're shaped differently. So as Paul says, uh, put these things to death, so he calls us to new life. Uh, we're going to read part of this passage um, as part of our prayer ministry response later. We're going to uh, have some uh, prayer ministry um, people and some of the staff team down the front, uh, and we're going to pray uh, this passage over everyone who wants to. Uh, and Paul says this. Uh, Paul says to the church in Colossians, uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, 
Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, uh, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, You're not just dead to your old way of living. Uh, You're not just dead to your old life, to the things that you used to do, but you've been raised now in new life. Uh, Paul is speaking out uh, the truth of our new identities. Uh, We're called to bear with one another. Uh, to bear with one another, to be patient, no matter uh, how irritating they might seem. Uh, We're called to clothe ourselves with compassion. The peace of Christ now reigns in your hearts. The peace of Christ now reigns in your hearts. You're not just called to put the old way of living to death, but instead to be raised again in new life, Uh, to be raised again to live differently. Repentance doesn't just finish with us stopping doing something, but choosing to walk in a different direction, Uh, with us choosing to walk a different way, uh, the new raised life. Uh, Here's the reason that uh, repentance is so significant uh, in a talk about ambition. Uh, It's because if we have ambition, uh, but our hearts aren't pure, if we have ambition but our minds aren't pure, uh, then what we get is our, our agenda. Uh, what we get is our own self-seeking and self-serving ambition. Uh, we get um, things that will try and make us look better, uh, things that will try and further our agenda, get us more recognition, more success, more status. But uh, if instead we're continually putting the old life to death and we're being raised with the new, Uh, If we're clothing ourselves with compassion, uh, if the peace of Christ reigns in our hearts, uh, if all of those things are happening, then uh, our ambition comes from God. Uh, We spend time with him. We uh, work on our relationship with him. Uh, He shapes and he changes the way that we live. The things that God cares about becomes the things that we care about. Uh, And so we're transformed and released uh, to have ambition with God. Uh, As we invite God to examine our hearts, uh, it might be that we discover the thing that we've become ambitious for, uh, the thing that we've pursued, uh, maybe the thing that we've built uh, our lives, our careers around, uh, isn't the thing that God is ambitious about, Uh, isn't the thing that um, God deeply cares about. Uh, Maybe uh, you're here tonight and you've made the the bottom line uh, your driving ambition. Uh, You've made uh, making enough uh, money, making as much money as you can for your own uh, wealth and happiness, your driving ambition. Uh, Maybe the the thing that you've pursued relentlessly is recognition. Uh, Other people recognizing you and uh, thinking you're worthwhile and worthy. Maybe it's status, uh, being respected by other people. Uh, What's the ambition that's driving you? Uh, It might be tonight that you come to realize as God searches us and examines us, Uh, The thing that you've uh, been ambitious for isn't the thing that uh, God would have you be ambitious for. Uh, As we recognize that, we need to have the boldness to change the way that we're living, uh, to change the direction of our walk, to change the direction of our lives. Uh, We've got to ruthlessly uh, interrogate our hearts. Uh, I was chatting with um, Alice a while ago, and she said, "Um, James, in your career, I don't think you're that ambitious uh, because you, you don't want to be a bishop. Now, I have, um, I have absolutely no desire to be a bishop. Um, I do look fabulous in purple, um, <laughs> but that's, that's not really the, the thing that um, drives me. But the, the truth is, is that uh, I am uh, deeply ambitious. I have um, several strong desires to achieve a whole range of different things. But uh, one of the, the problems that I come up against is that um, maybe uh, you can relate to this as well, is that my ambition um, actually sounds quite good. Uh, My ambition is noble. 
So my, my ambition uh, is that uh, whenever I speak or lead or, or, or work with the students is that people uh, encounter the love of God. Uh, they encounter the love of the Father, whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time, uh, and they're changed as a result. Uh, my problem is that my ambition is noble, uh, but often uh, the thing that motivates it, that drives it, uh, is mingled up with sin. Uh, my ambition is noble, but uh, often my motives are impure. Uh, there's an ungodliness in them. Often I'm motivated by uh, a sense of pride and insecurity, uh, because I, I, I long to be successful. Uh, I'm wanting um, successes uh, in the right context, fine, but Often I find that uh, I want success at someone else's expense. Uh, I want to be seen to be better than someone else at something. Uh, probably the, the two easy examples are um, uh, in the student work that I run uh, and in my preaching. Uh, in the, the student work, um, I, I look across Edinburgh and I try and work out uh, how our student work compares to other people's student works. Uh, and uh, when I preach, uh, I try and work out how does the sermon that I just preached uh, rank and relate maybe to the one that was uh, in the morning or a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, in my mind, I create a leaderboard uh, and I assign points for different things. I assign uh, within the student work, maybe um, it's about how relevant they are, how uh, good they do it, how, um, how well they engage with people. Maybe it's about uh, how missional their student work is or whatever. And uh, with, with preaching, um, the, the kind of point system I have is all about uh, how articulate are they? Uh, how able are they to get people to do the things that they want them to do? Uh, do they get um, laughs at their jokes? Are their stories relevant and interesting? And I, I create a, a leaderboard and a point system. Uh, and if, you're, if I think that you're below me, if I don't think you can preach as well as I can, or if your student work doesn't look as good as mine, uh, then I quietly dismiss you. Uh, so you're, uh, you're below me on the points ladder on the leaderboard. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but if you're ahead of me on the leaderboard, then I, I try and work out how I can get enough points and be better than you uh, so I can have top spot. It's not very attractive, is it? But, but that's often uh, how my mind works. Uh, with, uh, with preaching, it's uh, in the moments uh, just after I've spoken. Uh, if I've uh, spoken well, uh, I get down and I decide that I am the next heir to Billy Graham. I am his, his one true son, his only remaining disciple. Uh, there's a, a, a guy called Judah Smith who was voted preacher of the decade. That is a thing. And I, I decide that uh, Judah Smith ain't got nothing on me because of the blinder that I just preached. Uh, on the flip side, if uh, it's uh, not gone so well and I've been um, clunky and I've kind of missed my cues and my notes and I've, I've dropped the ball, I, I quietly make a pact that I will never preach again. I decide that my, uh, my content is uh, irrelevant, it's borderline heretical, uh, and that um, if Dave won't take me off the rotor, then I'll quietly do him uh, the service of it for the good of the people. Uh, I live or I die by uh, the comments, the praise, or the criticism uh, of people afterwards. Uh, if someone comes and they, um, they say something uh, encouraging to, to build me up and make me think that I can do this preaching thing, uh, then I, I sail away into the night, uh, ready to happily sleep in my bed. But if they criticize me and say that I wasn't quite as good as maybe you could have done, James, uh, maybe you could have been more articulate, you didn't really think about this thing, then I, I quietly um, crucify myself. Uh, I wait for, for Tuesday morning when I have supervision with Dave. Uh, and if uh, Dave um, encourages me and makes me a list of good things that I did, uh, then my, um, I float off into the rest of the day. But if he gives me a list of things that I need to work on, 
uh, I quietly cry into a pillow when he's left the room. <laughs> you see, I, I, I create a, a leaderboard and I, I decide that I want to be successful. Uh, there's a, a pride and an insecurity in me. See, my, my ambition is good. Uh, the thing that I long to see is a good thing. I long to see people meet with Jesus. I long to see them transformed by that encounter, uh, however that comes. But uh, alongside that noble ambition, uh, there's a lot of my motives, a lot of uh, me wanting to look successful, wanting to feel the parts, wanting to be recognized and successful. Uh, maybe you can relate to that. Uh, maybe your ambition uh, looks good from the outside. Uh, maybe it looks uh, honorable and noble, but uh, there's some of your motives mixed up inside it. Uh, maybe you're a lawyer. Uh, and you, uh, you, you long to see uh, injustices combated. Uh, maybe you're a teacher and your ambition uh, is that every child in your class will know that they're loved and valued. Uh, maybe you're a, a student or you're at school uh, and you, uh, you want to work hard and get the best grades because you're committed to stewarding the gift that God's given you. Uh, often we have uh, noble ambitions, but uh, it's in the motives that things get more difficult. Uh, it's in the mingling of our own pride, of our own sin, of our own insecurities that uh, things start to get a little darker and a little trickier. Uh, we're called to ruthlessly interrogate our hearts, to not just stop at the ambition and decide that if the ambition is good, everything must be fine, uh, but instead uh, to ruthlessly submit it to God's. Say, God, uh, uh, the psalmist writes, uh, examine me, O Lord, uh, see if there's any wicked way or anxious thought in me. Uh, if there's anything uh, of me, God, that isn't of you, then uh, take it away. Uh, to die to the old life, uh, to be uh, crucified with it, but raised again in new life. Uh, to be changed and transformed, to not just uh, stop with whether our ambitions uh, look good, but whether the things that motivate it uh, are from God's. Uh, ambition is complex because the thing that we're longing for is often mingled up with a lot of ourself. Uh, I think that we uh, ever really stop working this out. I don't think that we ever really stop trying to separate um, our motive, our own selfish uh, agenda, our own insecurity, our own sin, our own pride. I don't think we ever uh, really stop trying to resolve that and hand it over to God. Uh, that's a, a life's work. Uh, but we're called to do it day by day. Uh, we're going to um, invite you to do it in a moment uh, as people line the front uh, and they pray over the truth of your identity, the truth of who you've been called to be. Uh, you've been made to live a new life. Uh, and as you live that new life, uh, as you fix your eyes, you fix your heart, you fix your mind on Jesus, as you gaze upon him, uh, as you gaze upon him, uh, you start to love the things that he loves. Uh, you start to dream alongside him. You start to be ambitious. Uh, maybe they're big dreams. Uh, maybe they're dreams that um, cultures will shift, that nations will come back to Jesus. Uh, maybe your, your dreams and your ambitions seem slightly smaller. Uh, we're called, uh, whatever, to ruthlessly interrogate our hearts, uh, to repent, to leave uh, our old lives behind, to leave the things that used to motivate us behind and instead submit ourselves to Christ, uh, to live uh, lives that are clothed with compassion, uh, where the peace of Christ reigns in our hearts, uh, so that we're ambitious and we're dreaming with God, not for our own agenda, not for our own sake, uh, but to see the kingdom of God extended. So I'm going to invite the, the band to come uh, and carry on leading us in worship.